Hey guys, in this episode, we are talking about tracking calories. We're going to go over what's the point of tracking calories, how to do it. We're going to go over macronutrients, how to measure food, how to read food labels, if you should track calories or not, and all of our tips to make it easier. Welcome to Lower the Bar. I'm Ryan. I'm a busy dad, and I gained a bunch of weight after I got married and managed to lose it all, totaling 40 pounds. I'm Jordan, a seven foot tall husband and father of five who used to weigh well over 350 pounds. I've lost and regained weight multiple times until I found more sustainable habits. I'm now down over 75 pounds while balancing a career in leadership and a busy family life. And we're on a mission to make weight loss more approachable for busy dads. We hope this podcast helps you get unstuck with your health goals and makes weight loss more doable and sustainable. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Labor Day. What up, Brian? Happy I'm Labor on, Day. Good, good. This is our second time recording this episode. We had some technical issues last time, so maybe it'll come out clean this time. Yeah, maybe it'll be good. What are we talking about today? We're talking about tracking what you eat. Tracking what you eat. Calories, macros, apps. Let's get into it. Yeah, I think before you just turn this podcast off because you don't want to hear about calories in and out and whatever, Listen, when we say tracking, there's lots of things that you're tracking when you're being conscious of what you're eating. You're, you'll be familiar with maybe other things out there, the keto diet, asking you to track your carb intake and fat intake and the intermittent fasting that might ask you to track your time window. The point is if you're eating and you're consciously thinking about it, you're tracking something. Now, Ryan and I have both lost a significant amount of weight, gained a significant amount of muscle tracking calories. And that's what we know. And that's what we're pretty good at this point. And so we want to share that with you. And hopefully it's a good kickoff for you to try it. Yeah. The entire point of tracking your intake comes down to the one basic rule. And it's the law of thermodynamics. And no matter what diet you follow, if it's the keto diet, paleo diet, intermittent fasting, 75 hard, no matter what you do, they, if you lose weight with these diets, it's because you were in a calorie deficit. So I want to make that very clear off the bat because I think there's a lot of confusion out there in regards to specific diets having some type of like special sauce. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, this really comes down to preference. If you're eating keto, eat it because you prefer those foods and you prefer the way it makes you feel. But at the end of the day, if it makes you lose weight, it's because you're in a calorie deficit. There's no diet that can skirt the law of thermodynamics. So that's really the point in knowing what your intake is. Yeah, 100%. We'll create other episodes probably about how do I know what my maintenance calories are? How much of a deficit should I be in? That type of stuff. But as a brief overview to this, remember that the reason to track and knowing how much you're trying to track really comes down to your goal. And that's for you personally, that we can't determine that for you. We're going to assume broadly that if you're listening to this, you'd like to lose some extra fat. So we're going to talk about being in a calorie deficit. However, if you are smaller, if you're, you've felt skinny and you'd like to put on more weight, if you'd like to bulk up, you can use this principle the other way, which is really, it's just more about if you don't know where you're headed, then how do you know how much to eat? So we're either... There's really only three options. We're either trying to get bigger, we're trying to maintain our current weight, or we're trying to get smaller. And so, again, we'll talk more about this 
in other times, but a, a TDE calculator or using any calorie tracking app, it'll walk you through a little quiz when you start, have you answer some questions, and it's going to take a pretty good guess at what your maintenance calories are, okay? You find maintenance first because then you either add some to bulk up, you subtract some to slim down. So we would recommend search online for a TDE calculator or grab an app. MyFitnessPal is a popular one. Ryan and I can both recommend an app called Macro Factor, which we'll talk more about. I can't recommend that one enough. Please grab it and try it. It's awesome. And so start there. It'll walk you through some stuff and help you pin down your maintenance. Yeah, the TDE calculator is going to take your body weight, your age, your height, and your activity level and make a general calculation. It's a good guess. It's a starting point. Yeah. But I think an important thing to touch is that when people think of losing weight or gaining muscle, their head immediately goes to exercise Mm -hmm. to accomplish that. When really the thing that is going to have the most impact on whether you lose weight or gain weight is how much you're eating. Yeah. If you're not eating the correct amount of food, it doesn't matter how much you really exercise uh, in both directions. You could be lifting weights six days a week, but if you're not eating in a surplus, you will not put on muscle. You could run for hours a week and be overeating. Yeah. And you will not lose body fat. So that's really the goal here is to be eating the correct amount of food. Yeah, I heard somebody say to me once, abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah. Which you've probably heard that before as an old cliche thing. But you're right, right? People think that they can just exercise their way to fat loss, right? Just power through, not change their diet at all. And if I just do an hour of cardio every day and sweat and die then that I'll lose fat. It's disheartening when people sign up for things like Orange Theory Fitness and they go kill themselves in the gym five days a week and nothing's happening. And also 75 hard, you and I have our own opinions of this. I've done it. That was at the very beginning of my weight loss journey. I did 75 hard, somehow miraculously made it through it without completely losing my motivation or will to live. (laughs) But that's, look, If you are a person not tracking any habits, if you're not tracking what you eat, if you're not exercising and you do 75 hard, you're going to lose weight, period, because you're going to introduce multiple new stimulus to your body in terms of exercise. 75 hard dictates that you're supposed to follow a diet. It doesn't tell you which diet you're supposed to. So like when I did, all I did was cut out like extra sugar. I just wasn't eating like treats. <laughs> and that plus two 45-minute exercise sessions, man, if you're just sitting around before, you're absolutely going to lose some weight. Yeah. But anyway, before we dwell too much on on that kind of stuff, let's talk about really just getting into how to actually track. How would you, I'm going to ask you the question I asked you two years ago. How do I start tracking what I'm eating? I don't remember what I said two years ago. It's, I think a lot of people, it's easy to overcomplicate it. If you've never tracked before, I would highly recommend getting a tracking app. Again, Macro Factor is amazing. It costs $11 a month and I'm telling you it's worth every single penny. Yep. Um, Just because it's, it might be a little overwhelming when you first get in there, but once you get the hang of it, the UI and the UX is incredible. It makes it It makes things so easy on you. But what I would highly recommend is maybe if you're just starting, 
tr- set it to maintenance for a month. And what you're what you want to do is get an is you want to audit yourself. You want to get some sense of reality with where how much you're eating and just get a baseline and get used to because if you really immediately jump into a deficit when you're trying to get your bearings, it might be a little bit too much. Oh yeah. So I, I would recommend don't worry about weight loss. Just track at maintenance. Your goal is to maintain for a month and eat there. You can set the goals in the apps or you you calculate your TDE and input the calories. That's my recommendation to start, or maybe two weeks. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I, I want to explain a little bit of why this is complicated is because the app's going to do its best. If you tell it you're 37 years old, you weigh 200 pounds, and your activity is, they'll usually give you little tiles that are like very easy to pick from. So it'll say something like active, sedentary, super active, right? These are all a little bit vague. And so what it's doing is it's going to take its best guess for you. It's going to take, say, okay, a 37-year-old, 200 pounds, works out a little bit. Fine. It's going to just use the same calculations that most internet calculators are going to give you. But then it's up to you to do some input on this thing and some tracking so you can prove if that's right or wrong. Now, I've seen, for the most part, I'll be honest with you, I think most apps overinflate maintenance calories. Because until it like knows you, until it's got more data from you, that's the best guess so that you don't just, I don't know, totally under eat and get thrown off or I don't know what the reason for it is. But in my experience, most of them come in pretty high. And I think what you're trying to do is, and you could do this on a sheet of paper, right? <laughs> the reality is you could take out a sheet of paper, write down the total number of calories you ate every single day write what the scale said every single morning and do that for a month and you would have a good idea of whether that calorie amount was your maintenance or not. Right. And to be clear, we're, when we're talking about this, Macro Factor has a built-in algorithm that other apps don't have. So it's going to take your food input and your weight input and adjust your expenditure or your TD accordingly. So it gets to know you personally and it becomes less of an educated guess and more of a specific, this is what your expenditure exactly is. Yeah. So in, a lot of these also have, they have a way to search a food database or they have a, a little barcode scanner in the case of Macro Factor, which we'll try not to make this an entire ad for Macro Factor, but also has some AI tools. You can even type it. It's so good. You can even type into an AI box. Like I, I ate something that resembled this. It had cream cheese in it. It had this in it. It had that in it. And it weighed about this much. And it'll literally break it down and and add it to your food ledger for you. But anyway, everything you're buying at the store has a label on it, right? Mm -hmm. Experiment with it. Walk around Walmart with the app open and scan the barcode on things. Flip packaging over. Look at the macros it has. Try to understand what actual serving sizes are. That one is such a mind-blowing exercise to do when you realize what servings actually are. That's That one's a struggle. I don't know what's been more shocking to me along my journey than understanding servings. Yeah, I think the easiest way to describe it is look on a bag of Doritos. It'll say serving size 12 or 14 chips. Yeah. It'll also give you the the weight in grams, what a serving size is. Yeah. So what you can do is you can take out a food scale, set it to grams, and pour out what the grams say in servings, and then realize it's probably not the exact amount of chips they're saying. The more accurate measurement is the grams, right? Yeah. 
which would be if I were to really prescribe a tracking hack number one, mine would be use a food scale and track in grams. The reason why is because, to your point, right, on the back it might say about 14 chips. Look, this isn't all about splitting hairs, but if you're a person like us who set a goal and really wanted to go after it, why are we using numbers like about 14 things? That's, to me, always came off as, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to work for me because I want to know what I'm eating. Also, I hate to burst everyone's bubble, but most of the time, when someone when something says half a cup of this and you put half a cup in it, it weighs more in grams than the gram actually suggests. Yeah. Almost every morning I eat oats. I go to the gym, I work out, I come back. For some reason, for me, it works to have some extra carbs in the morning. It makes me feel full, makes me feel good. So I have oatmeal. And a half a cup of oatmeal, which is what it says to measure, versus the serving size of 40 grams is off by a significant amount. And so my number one thing I would suggest right now is use a food scale and track in grams. And it will give you, I just love how accurate it is. Also, I didn't know this for the longest time, but a gram and a milliliter, ML, are the same thing. I didn't know that. Really? (laughs) You can measure in either. So 480 grams of milk is two cups and 480 ml is the exact same thing you can weigh them either way mls and grams same thing yeah yeah it sounds tedious and it sounds a little on the edge of obsessive but what i would like to say to that is it's not forever and it's really a process of, of becoming educated with food quantities and what actual servings are i don't weigh everything everything that goes into my mouth I weigh the main things like my protein portions and stuff like that. Maybe when you're starting out, it it might be fine. But I just want to say that this process is just to educate yourself on nutrition. It's not that you're going to be weighing everything on a food scale for the rest of your life. Yeah. And we're also not saying you're going out with your wife for your anniversary, pack the food scale and take it to the restaurant. Yeah. For heaven's sakes, like we're going to leave a lot of room for fun and not insane tracking in our life but we're big teachers of be on plan on the days it's easy for you to be on plan and be strict to what you want to do in my case it's i'm a monday through thursday monday through friday afternoon kind of person where i'll be very disciplined on what i'm doing and very boring (laughs) and so find the times that it's convenient for you and look if you're in a rush trying to get the kids out of the door for school and you're trying to make food for yourself and everybody's freaking out, don't whip out the food scale right then. You don't have to. Don't put all this pressure on you. But when it's quiet and you work from home and you're on your lunch break and you're being a little bit thoughtful about what you're eating, then yeah, play a little bit. Experiment with these inputs. Scan things. Weigh things. Just get your bearings. Don't try to insert this thing into your life at the wrong moments. That's a great point. In terms of like protein, carbs, fats, what's what's your take on that? Yeah. Okay. So let's explain this like you have no idea what we're talking about. Let's say that you have no idea what protein, carbs, and fats are. You've heard these terms your whole life. Let's say we're at square one. Everything you eat has these macronutrients in it. Everything you eat has more micronutrients in it. Smaller nutrients, 
buried under these key categories of protein, carbs, and fat. Protein has four calories per gram. Carbs has four calories per gram. Fat has nine calories per gram, okay? And so you basically can flip over a food label, and if you skip everything else, learn to zero in on really four things, total calories and, and the serving size, the total fat line item, the total carb line item, the protein line item. We will always suggest that even if you're maintaining your weight, you should prioritize protein. Okay? You should be shooting for um, as much protein as you can reasonably eat in your diet without feeling sick, without feeling like you hate your life and it's too boring, without staying in your budget, staying in your, in whatever your needs are, we're going to recommend that you just prioritize more protein. When you are trying to lose weight, protein is huge for helping in that process. It does two things. It sends signals to your body to maintain your muscle mass, which means your body's got to pull from reserve fat as fuel. The other thing it does is it increases satiety on some days, maybe tenfold. Yeah. It's going to make you feel full. It's going to keep you happier about your life when you're in a calorie deficit. And I know Ryan and I have endless, endless testimonial about that point. Yeah, for sure. I agree with all that. It can, the idea of all these numbers and stuff can become a little overwhelming and confusing if you're just starting out. And if that's you, what I recommend is prioritize these macros, these numbers in this order. Calories first, most important. Protein second. Carbs and fats will fall in line if you have those two in place. I wouldn't, really stress, I wouldn't stress too much about your carbs and fats, right? Agreed. Yeah, so the answer of you're going to ask, how much protein am I supposed to eat? In my experience... In other men I have talked to and coached a little bit, people have a very a very distorted idea of how much protein they're actually eating. They think they're eating much more than they are. And when you start tracking, you'll realize maybe you, you really were eating a lot less than you thought. To use really round numbers, let's say you're a 200-pound guy. If you're scrolling TikTok, there's going to be a lot of bros and fitness people out there that say, it's got to be one gram per pound. One gram per pound, no exception. So you would say, okay, I'm 200 pounds. I need 200 grams of protein a day. You might be used to eating 100 right now. Maybe. Look, I've talked to guys who are like, when they actually add up what they were eating, they're barely hitting 100 a day. A lot of other people will say, look, a gram is great. You know, 0.7 grams is also a, a decent spot. So what I think we would advocate for is somewhere in the 0.7 to 1 one gram per pound of body weight is a great place to start. It's a super easy calculation for you to do, which would say if you're a 200 pound man, you can get away with, I don't know, what is that? 160, 170 grams of protein. So realistically, as you start tracking, you'll just see, oh, wow, like I was only ever eating 100, 110, 120 on my best day. So then you can just find creative ways to add, add some more. As you're going now and looking to use round numbers again, let's say you're going to eat 2000 calories and you need to now get 175 grams of protein, it changes your in your mindset. You're saying, okay, I'm doing some math here where as I scan things, as I enter things in, I'm looking for what's the most volume I can eat, what's the biggest portion I can eat for the lowest calories for the highest protein. It becomes like a game. 
So to your point, Ryan, about this sounds overwhelming, it sounds crazy, it sounds like too many numbers. It is when you haven't thought about it before, when you're learning. But I think Ryan and I would both tell you that this kind of feels like a game most days, and it's actually fun. It becomes, think about anything else that you do and you keep score of and you track, like your hobbies and things you're interested in. You can make this fun too. It feels good. You get a a hit of dopamine when you you tell yourself you're going to do something and then you do it and then you like win the day. It feels good. This isn't just torture. We're not just doing this to make you miserable, man. It actually feels good and becomes fun to to gamify this over time. I think the difference between it feeling fun or it feeling tedious and miserable is just the way you're thinking about it. Yeah. It's really just a mindset shift. And you've always said it's fun for you and you gamify it and you actually enjoy doing it, which I think is really cool. Another cool thing too is when you start paying attention to like your protein and you're tracking your protein, you start discovering foods that have protein in it. A lot of the high protein foods that you didn't realize were high protein. You start to, for me, it was Greek yogurt. I was like, bro, this has so much protein in it. I never knew that. Yeah, I didn't either. What other, is there, are there any other foods that are like that where you're like, I didn't know this had that much protein. I thought I just had to eat meat all day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I didn't really know this until a couple of years ago, like eggs, all the protein is in the whites of the egg. So like you can add extra, you can eat egg whites. Now, some people don't like doing that. They don't really have a lot of taste, but I recommend mixing it in with a couple of whole eggs and then scramble it all up. You can hardly tell the difference. So that's one example. And, but you'll also find that the list is pretty short, right? There's, this is, there's not a lot of good whole foods that, that match your goals. If you're trying to lose weight, (laughs) you're going to see that the list is actually pretty short. And I want to go back to this idea, Ryan, that calories first, then your protein, then the rest will fall in line. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think it would be valuable for a person to do some testing do some looking, go get a hostess cupcake out of your pantry right now, and then go measure out chicken breast and look at how much chicken breast you can eat for the same amount of calories as that, as that cupcake. Yeah. What are those things? 170, 200 calories per cupcake. Mm -hmm. Dude, you could eat a lot of chicken for 200 calories and you're going to feel full for a couple of hours and you're going to get the protein that you need. Yeah. And, and so you, you also are going to learn these trade-offs. Look, I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. Where, oh man, it's the end of the day and I've only eaten 1,800 of my 2,000 calories. This is great because I feel full right now at 6 p.m. So I could totally eat a cupcake. Let me just put yeah. that in here. And then you pop that cupcake, dude. And what does that cupcake do to your satiety? It like, all of a sudden these crazy signals go off in your brain. Like, and you eat seven more before you've even, before 7 p.m. Now you've gone off the rails. Had you been like, man, I got 200 calories left and I could eat a whole extra portion of chicken. You're going to go to bed feeling so like full and satisfied. And, but we can only tell you that we can only just say that here and you'll never, you won't know the feeling of that unless you try it, unless you try swapping the cupcake for more protein or something that night. And then you'll understand this is how you can stay in a calorie deficit for a while is if you're choosing foods that help you feel full and feel good. Yeah, and on the flip side of that too, if you've hit your protein goal for the day and you have room for the cupcake, the cupcake, eat the cupcake. Yes. Yeah, please. 
especially if you've eaten adequate protein throughout the day, you're probably not going to feel super hungry. And I think there's there's something to be said about intentionally eating those foods instead of unintentionally eating them. Yeah. Because when you do it on purpose, it's, it doesn't come off as, oh, I made a mistake. I might as well eat three more. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. In terms of weight loss mindset, this idea of it's already hard to be honest with ourselves. And now we have to be honest with this app we're holding yeah. in our hand. But if you are willing to take our advice, just be honest about what you're eating, what you're inputting. It's not the end of the world, man. If you have a couple extra hundred calories today, great. Try tomorrow again. If you accidentally, if you're just like, look, I'm going to eat the cupcake and that turns into two. Okay. But just be honest about it and record it. Because I think that the eye-opening thing that happens when you record is this isn't to just make you feel guilty. It's not to make you feel worse about it. It's that you now start to reconcile what was my goal? What did I actually do? How do I feel? And these multiple inputs start coming together and it's almost like your subconscious. I don't actually think that you're really thinking about it. It's almost like your subconscious is making its own decisions about, okay, we don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Or we love it when we eat a big pile of chicken for lunch because it makes us feel good all day. We like eating a smaller breakfast. We like eating a bigger breakfast. It's like you, you'll just know what's going to work for you to stay inside the plan. Yeah, for sure. Last night, I went over my calorie goal by quite a bit. And, you know, what I love about macro factors, I just do the quick ad and I overestimate what I ate. Yeah. Just to be safe. So yeah. it doesn't throw off my expenditure numbers. But yeah, I think I ate double the amount of calories that I was had on target yesterday. It was our weekly date night. And I was like, you know what? It's been a while since I've really overeaten. And I just had a lot of stressful things happen yesterday with business and stuff. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat some good food today. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I just did a quick ad for, I think I overestimated it pretty well. But then you just move on. But it shows you your average daily calories over the span of a week, which I was still in a deficit over the week. Yeah, it's it can be a double-edged sword, but you have to get in the mindset of, this isn't to make you feel guilty. It's just to have some awareness, I think. Yeah, for sure. And also, the, there's a great quote. Actually, I think you've shared it on your socials before. It's from James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits. And this whole idea is just cool because he talks about if you have a goal, but your actions don't match the goal and you're fantasizing about the goal, it would be way healthier for you to stop fantasizing about it and be more honest about what you're doing. You would actually feel better if you just released the fantasy and said, okay, this is realistically what I am today. And then when you're ready to make progress toward the new goal, start fantasizing about it again and then let your actions match what you're doing. Yeah. We're not telling you need to lose weight, listener. We're not demanding that you do anything. This is us putting our hand out and saying, we'd love to help you if this is something that your goal is. And if you're ready to take actions that match the fantasy, that match the goal, then go for it, man. And one of the things that you'll need to do is be in a calorie deficit. And one of the things that makes that more sustainable is tracking what you eat and eating plenty of protein. Yeah, I love that. One note on protein, because we've emphasized it so much. I think people put lumps, things like chicken under quote unquote diet food. Yeah. And like they're, maybe they have a history of choking down some gross dry chicken. Yeah. I want to challenge your beliefs on that because 
There are ways to cook these foods that don't make it miserable, that make it delicious, and that you actually love and enjoy and can sustain. And so if that's not you, I'd like to challenge you to do a little bit of research to figure out new ways to cook high-protein foods because there's ways to do it. You can sous vide it. You can crock pot stuff. You can make it super easy yeah. to meal prep a bunch of chicken that is delicious and yeah. very easily accessible to you to make this process really easy. And in the new age of everybody's got a seasoning brand and smokers, smoked meats and stuff like that, yeah. barbecue sauces that are no sugar added. You and I are both huge Ray's no sugar oh, yeah. added fans. Oh, yeah. When we tell you it tastes like Sweet Baby Ray's, it's awesome. The, the other thing that I, I feel like this is a perfect thing to tack onto what you just said. If you go into a deficit and you pull some sweet, very calorie high things out of your diet, new things will start to taste delicious to you. Okay, so if you're used to being, it's this whole idea of being like totally overstimulated and then removing some stimulus from your life. Now you can be stimulated again. So if it was a gallon of barbecue sauce on a, on all your meat, and if it was super rich everything, and if it was chocolate cake at the end of dinner every single night, if it was just really overstimulated rich stuff, and you pull some of that out, the next time you eat zero sugar added barbecue sauce, it's going to taste sweet to you. It did, okay. it did for me. It does for me. And you can change some of those just that constant state of stimulation. I don't know if you can, it's hard to even describe the feeling. You remember like when you would just be going off the rails, eating all the time and you just felt tired from it. Yeah. It's like you wanted to do it, but you also just would sit back and be like, oh, this is exhausting. Yeah. Like I just ate all this amazing stuff and it was so like fun, but now I'm tired. You don't have to feel that way when you eat. Eating is not, it doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't have to make you feel at the end of it worse than when you started it. And a lot of that will come from less sugar, for sure. Less stuff that's just so rich and, and overstimulating. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that's important to touch on and that I want to touch on because I know we both have some good tips is how to make tracking easier. Yeah. Because... I keep coming back to this thing. I know so many people out there have probably tried it and just got overwhelmed or it's just too tedious for them. They hate inputting all this, everything that goes in their mouth into their phone and weighing on a scale and they just, they don't want to do it. Yep. But I believe there are ways to make it much easier, much more streamlined and not so tedious and miserable. So let's hit on those points. What do you think? Okay. One of my number one tips is find things you like and eat them over and over again. Eat the same things. Because then you can even get to a place where you can visually track. You don't have to be a slave to the food scale. Figure out what your favorite portion of chicken and rice and veggies or chicken and refried beans in a tortilla looks like and just do it over and over again. Makes it very simple. So there's tip number one for me. You're likely eating the same meals anyways, even before your diet. Yeah. You're probably eating the same 10 meals every week anyways. Correct. Yeah, so that would be a big tip for me is just eat the same things. I would also try to not put yourself in situations where you're just guessing at everything. So it comes all the way back to like plan meals you like and that you can eat over and over. Buy things at the store that look like they're easy to track and 
just remove guardrails, remove barriers, right? I don't know. One tip I have is scan things before you throw packaging away. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that multiple times where I've done something and be like, oh man, what does this actually have in it? And you're, then you're like rifling through the trash to try to find the tag or whatever. But in, no, I, I guess really I'm circling around the same point, which is just eliminate all the extra foods. Like your food ledger over a month shouldn't have a thousand different foods on it. Yeah. It should probably have the same 30 ingredients and foods just repeated over a month. Yeah, yeah. I think to tack onto that is try not to eat. There's a balance here because you're trying to enjoy your food, but try not to eat foods that have tons of ingredients because it becomes much more tedious to track that stuff. And the likelihood of it becoming inaccurate goes through the roof. For example, if you eat, if you're, if you make a casserole in a 13 by nine dish and it has some cream of chicken, some cream cheese and all these ingredients and it's spread out through the casserole, it's, then you have to divide it by the number of servings and make sure you have that serving. It gets a little ridiculous. It does. So if you can find meals that you love on repeat that don't have so many ingredients, it's going to make your life a lot easier. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I think that's perfect because you can do mashed potatoes, you can do hash browns, you can do rice, you can do all these, these things we love to eat, carb-rich things. You can eat all this stuff. It's just, it becomes way easier when the ingredient list isn't 15 items long put into the mashed potatoes. And you're like, <clears throat> how much sour cream do we actually put in there? And how much Parmesan did we actually mix in? And how much? You're not going to get it accurate. You're not. Which is going to be a guess. Which I would say food trackers have gotten better and better over time. They'll be very descriptive sometimes about, I actually had mashed potatoes last night and I added one that was, it was mashed potatoes made with, mixed with whole milk and butter. And because I knew my wife put a little sour cream in it, I know she put a little bit of butter in it. That was my best guess. And yeah. to your point about overestimating, sometimes I'll just overestimate. And a good rule of thumb, actually, I've found to work for me is 10%. So let's say I am going to eat Let's say I'm using my scale and I'm going to eat 200 grams of something, but I'm like, oh man, I don't know if this fully matches. And I think there might be more calories in this. Just log 225 or log 220 and just go about your day and freaking let it go. <laughs> don't yeah. just sit there and be like, oh my gosh, what if I ate an extra 57 calories that I wasn't planning for? It's okay. Overestimate and go. What I will say to not do, and I've been guilty of this in the past, don't overestimate so far that you handicap yourself later in the day. Yeah. Because if you overestimate and think, this is it, I'm done, I'm just gonna overestimate, this is the last thing I'm gonna eat. If you've overestimated too far, your body, like you can't lie to yourself about whether or not you still need to eat, right? Yeah. So if you've done too much overestimating, you're gonna narrow down what's possible later and that's not good either. Yeah, for sure. And I think my last tip on making it easier is to, if, this piggybacks off of eating the same things. If you're eating the same meals, you can create meal shortcuts in these tracking apps. Yeah. So like, for example, if you're eating a hamburger, you go and create a meal with the bun, the meat, whatever's on the hamburger. And then when you eat it again, it becomes a shortcut to add every single ingredient very quickly. That makes it just so much less tedious. Yeah. So would you, let's wrap up by saying, who should do this and who shouldn't do this? Who should do it? If you have never successfully lost weight, if you don't 
have a good idea of a good education in nutrition. If you're just getting started, I think you should try it. If you've tried it in the past and what we've said resonates with you in terms of maybe you did it in a way that was just super tedious or like just made it hard on yourself for no reason, you can give it a go again. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that you should be honest with yourself about whether you can and want to fit it into your life right now. Because another thing I know is mentioned the idea of it's a mad dash in the kitchen. It's too hard to get everything measured. If your life is just not right now to where that feels like it can happen, then you're mostly just going to get pissed off and burned out in a day or two when you try to force it to happen. So be honest about whether or not you're really ready to prioritize this. I don't think you need to track if you have reached a reasonable goal for yourself, if you like where your current fitness and health is, if you like where your body fat is at, if you're not trying to lose. And I'll tell you something, if you're listening, those people tracked for a long time. If you're listening to this and you are happy with where your body's at and you feel like you're good, then you've already done the hard part. And now you already know what it would look like to maintain your weight. And you probably can visually and just intuitively do that. Yeah. And you probably have a really healthy mindset around it anyway. So keep your goal in mind. Be honest about what it is you're really trying to do. Be honest about what you have the time and the mental bandwidth and mental brain power to handle right now. But this is easier than it sounds. And it can be made easier by repeating meals, eating things that are single ingredients and just consistency. Honestly, you do it for a week and it's going to feel like you've been doing it forever. And right. it's way easier to keep it going. I do want to speak to the subset of people out there who have a history of dieting, decades of attempts at dieting, trying Weight Watchers, trying a lot of things, including calorie tracking. And maybe tracking calories led to some disordered eating habits in the past. Yeah. To those people, I, I don't know if being specific, that specific with your data would be mentally healthy for you. It's not necessary to these numbers. It, it doesn't mean the calories don't count, but there are other ways to keep track of what you're eating that don't require calorie input. You could do things like vague food journals and stuff like that. There are other ways to do it. As long as you're it's just really, honestly, it's another way of tracking. It's just maybe a little more mentally healthy for you because it's not so quote unquote obsessive. I think it's just the way you, you look at it. But there are other ways to go about it. And maybe we can just talk about that in another episode. I just feel like that it was important to speak to those people because they are out there. And I, I think for some people, tracking isn't healthy. Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. I think that, yeah, probably an entirely different episode. But there's even things like the order you eat your food matters. So you only have so much stomach space. I'm a really big guy. I can eat a lot. I've always been able to eat a lot, but even I know where my hunger, my, my satiety signal comes in. I know where my full signal is. And that's something that, gosh, is a massively complicated thing for people for emotional reasons, for maybe you're experiencing grief, you're going through something hard. Sometimes we blow right past those signals and we just eat till we're sick. And everybody does it. Everybody's done it. But I think too, most of us have a, on a normal day, on an average Tuesday, when you're just sitting down and eating lunch, you know what it'll feel like when you feel satisfied. So if you also just change, if you change some of the things you're eating and you change some of the order in which you're eating them, you can accomplish the same things. If you go to more simple ingredients, more whole foods, 
leaner meats, whatever you're going to change into, you can still only eat so much chicken before you feel full. So if you're going to eat chicken and, and potatoes and carrots, eat the chicken first, eat the potatoes second, right? Mm -hmm. Change the order you're trying to do things because by the time you're so full on chicken, you might only eat a little bit of the potatoes and it's accomplishing the same thing. Right. So there's lots of ways to skin this. We've shared a microscopic view at this based on what we've had success with. We're like-minded people. We like data. We like information. And we were willing to find fun ways to gamify this. And we're fortunate that neither of us have heavy trauma related to our weight. And we should really fully acknowledge that we don't carry a lot of like baggage when it comes to this. And we know that you might. And so if that's you, then know that this is not prescriptive. This is a couple of guys' ideas at a way to help you. And there's lots of other ways to help you. And if we can help, hit us up, message us. We'd love to talk about it with you. For sure. Hopes this helps, guys. Thanks.